Ready to go? Uh, yeah, I'm going to hit the music phrase. There you go. All right. Did we got phrase? Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't hear the music. But oh, sorry, Fraser. Those are stones, right? Yeah, it was your request. Do, 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 Yeah, well, man, that's a great song. Hey, guys, welcome to Puck Off. Joe Bartnick and Andy Picaro are at the All Things Comedy Studio in Burbank, California. I'm here in Las Vegas, guys. Fabulous Las Vegas here at the Tropicana Hotel. Well, say hi to Jack Eichel. Give Jack Eichel a hug. He needs a hug. He's upset. <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. A lot of interesting stuff happening in the world of hockey. Absolutely. Where do you want to start, Frege? Uh, Let's start first, I guess, with the passing of the great Robert Hall. Well, an all-time legend, you know, uh, 12-time All-Star, uh, MVP. And he and his son, Brett, were the only father and son duo to actually both be MVPs. And, um, you know, uh, reportedly the fastest skater of his era and uh, had the hardest shot they claim of all time. Um, you know, there's some controversy there because Chara, I think, had a 108 recording on his slap shot, but Hulls was supposed to be 118 miles an hour. <laughs> and the other thing was he really invented the uh, curved stick and used to scare the daylights out of goalies because his shot would dip and move around and you know like a knuckleball uh coming at high speed he had some controversy you know at the end uh of his uh life there uh the last couple of years with some um accusations and uh, that kind of tarnished his image a bit but during his playing days he was uh the golden jet and you know highly regarded player yeah, I mean a million things to say. One is he's in, you know, he's he's an immortal. And I guess if you add up his WHAs or WHLs, he has he is in the nine hundred club of all time goals, which is a little better than counting up, you know, Czechoslovakian goals or KHL goals. You know, yeah. the, the, the world, and he's the first guy to jump to the World Hockey League to kind of get people more money and. They might. There's a few disputes on whether he invented the curved stick or not, but he definitely invented the scaring the bejesus out of a goaltender not wearing a mask and shooting yeah. him high the head. Wasn't it? It was definitely him or Makita, right? It was that Blackhawks team. Well, that's what they're saying. There's there's a little bit of a little bit of gray area because you know Jeff. Oh, was it like a trainer that somebody he, that somebody? Yeah, knew, someone yeah. in the 1920s broke a stick on a railroad car with boxcar wheel. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hockey lore. But that's I was gonna say Bobby Hall. Somebody from my age, you know, in my, you know, mid thirties, uh, I, I know Bobby Hall cause of the curve stick story. And because of what you just said, the WHA might not be a thing, might not have been as big a thing. Like if they didn't get that big star player from, from one of the biggest markets to come play for them. Yeah. I mean, just an incredible hockey player, you know, I mean, what, and then What's happening now, you know, his off-ice stuff is, uh, uh, none of it's good. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, you want to pick yeah. anti-Semitic, you want to pick wife beater, you know, pick, choose your box to get a, to get a, yeah. <laughs> to, to get angry with. Uh, but, you know, guys like Wyshynski, who's a complete a-hole, saying, 
you know, the first thing you tweet out when a man passes away, that is, I mean, is there no respect for the, I mean, you couldn't wait a day, you know? I mean, what a a-hole that guy is and just ruins hockey. The the male version of Katie Strange. Well, I think that you with, with the Blackhawks leaving him as ambassador and then that, you know, that story came, like, and they had to fire him like only like six or seven months ago, right? That wasn't even a year ago, I think. It's they, been they it's been in recent him. news. Yeah. It's been in the last. It's been since you've been a permanent. Oh, I'm, I'm, I remember really off. recent. Yes, I mean it's yeah, been yeah. like we so like we like, talked about it. Like, I think if you don't dangle him out there, and that doesn't, ha- and the story doesn't get redeveloped as to how come he's still there, you know, I think that maybe it doesn't get brought up again. But you know, the Blackhawks having him sit there as an ambassador until 2019 or whatever it was, or 2020, it gave the story a possibility. Wait, I just think when a man passes away, the first thing you you don't have to tweet out, "Hey, re- when you remember his greatness, remember." It's like, shut up. Yeah, you can't, you can't go ten minutes. The Athletic had an article too. Who I don't remember who wrote it. It's a great outlet, but it, it the, the the title was um, "Bobby Hull's Legacy uh, uh, Has to Be Put Aside" or something like it was. It was right away. The headline was, you know, don't remember him this way. Remember him for being a bad guy, which. You know, I don't, and everyone, you know, can do their own thing, but it does seem odd to just go after this guy. Because I, I think, you know, they were bad, but they were from like the 70s and the 60s. Like, this was like 60 years ago. I, I, I never agree with hitting a woman, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't kill, he's not a mass murderer. The, 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 the man, the, you can talk about his hockey credentials for a day. Yeah. He said a lot of things that former presidents said. Uh, he just said it a little bit later in uh, you know the timeline of history. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he was pretty rough when it came to race relations and stuff like that. You wouldn't want him in the PR department, but yeah, I think that you know it doesn't seem like it's that it was as bad as it's been made out to be. Yeah, when it comes a, to athletes, well, Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame still in, in baseball, right? Like. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying he has to win a Nobel Prize. I'm just saying you can let the man, um, you know, legitimately a top 10 player ever. I don't I think, agree with I, I don't that, think yeah. the first thing that a snot-nosed punk who somehow still has a job at ESPN, I don't think that could be his first tweet. That's all. And maybe it shouldn't be the first thing we've talked about on Puck Off, but I, <laughs> but I just think it's a little bit it's a little yeah. it's a you know whatever happened to you know don't pick on the dead man or whatever the quote whatever you say you know about respecting the dead or whatever i, I don't know i just i thought it was a little bit well, like a little low you know e- even for him i thought it was low-hanging fruit even for him who's very good at taking low-hanging fruit yeah well i think and making a career out of it out of not covering hockey crazy about chicago or the new york or toronto market is one way to get clicks and I think that's one thing that's consistent with hockey writers is that if you say if you have a take that's absolutely insane about New York, Toronto, or, or, or Montreal, even we'll throw them in, you're going to get a bunch of traffic because Chicago, these areas are just so big that if you say something crazy about somebody that they love, they're going to click it. That's why we talk the about them every week because yeah. when they're good, we have good, we have but more more people listen. So let's go Blackhawks. I saw friends of mine with like hugging Bobby Hall pictures and stuff. It was great. You know, he's just a great. He's a great player. He's made some mistakes. No one over no no one over the age of seventy that's been around the world and made millions of dollars hasn't had a few mistakes. Right? I was saying. I mean, like I said I don't agree with hitting women ever, ever, ever. So that is a big rain. You know, big whatever caution flag with me. But I wouldn't bring it up the first thing in a uh, you know. 
No, and like I said, if we're grading on the athlete scale, like historically guys who were athletes in the 60s and stuff, it's not crazy, it's like stuff we've never heard before. You know, it's not new. Yeah. It's not good. No. But it's not new. Yeah, and it's not like, oh my well, God, I was in a bar in Pittsburgh in 1970 and that shocked everybody. Yeah. You know, you know. go ahead, Frasch. Well, I was just going to say the allegations are not a good look, of course, but as just purely looking at him as a player, you're right. He had to be one of the top 10 of all time. And certainly in his era, um, a groundbreaker because of, you know, his skating speed and his power and, and his shot. It just seemed to be almost from a different era. No. You know, he just really dominated. And we are very big. We always go back to Rushmore's and who's this? Hey, before before the Gretzky era, he's on Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, he really is. He's that important of a player. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, if two re- players related were ever as good. You know what I mean? Like Bobby and Brett, two bonafide top no. 15 goal scorers of all time. No, they're the best fathers. Probably the best father-son duo in sports ever. That could be. Yeah. Who else? Is, I mean, Joe DiMaggio doesn't have a kid playing. <laughs> you know? I mean. I think brother, and even brother-wise, I think only the Mannings were ones you definitely would say. Well, Right, because I mean, there, there aren't many brothers. I mean, we got the the, the uh, Kelsey brothers now playing in the Super Bowl. There, are, there aren't many brothers that are Pro Bowlers that play each other. In, in, well, in yeah, sport. these are both Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Brett Hall is arguably a top twenty-five player of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, top oh, 50, yeah, top fifty for top sure. Fifty definitely. Top 50, thirty-five even. I'd top say. fifty. You made a little one-trick pony-ish to be ahead of some guys, but okay. But Bobby Hall for sure. Top. Yeah. 10, 15 player ever. Not even, that's including everybody. Defenseman, goal, I mean, he's Bobby Hall. No one, yeah. I mean, is, I mean, is, is Peyton, is Peyton that? I don't know. His dad, Archie, is it that? Well, I'm saying Peyton and Eli. I'm saying brothers. Why? Even uh, just, even just guys that are related. They could be the best two pl- people have ever been related to the play to sport. Yeah. Because, I think so, yeah. right? He was like, yeah. he was like the Connor McDavid of his day, you know, with, with a heavier shot. And he's going to be the leading he had scorer. He the speed to go through the entire team. And he won some cups. <laughs> so, you know, he's already yeah. way ahead of a... And, and Kane won't catch him, right? Because he has like 605 goals, something like that. And Kane's probably not going to finish in Chicago. So he's going to be the Chicago Blackhawks leading goal scorer for another, you know, two decades at minimum. Yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen on social media, barring your snowflower, you know, uh, media types, uh, he's still beloved in Chicago. You know, he really well, is. He really is. You know, I mean, he is. Yeah, that's, but that's the thing about Chicago. Chicago is big enough where, you know, you can be beloved and still have 100,000 people hate you because there's so many people. You know, there's, you know, six, yeah, well, I mean, know, but I mean, you know, I, I, just speaking of wife beaters, I mean, you know, uh, Harrison's a wife beater and Steeler Nation sweeps that under the Little rug. Little divisive. Very divisive. easily. Yeah. Very easily swept under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> Even the owner Rooney's like, oh well, whatever, you know. But that's where that's where it gets weird because you know everybody cried and number seven retired. You know what I mean? So it's like there's a weird way we treat players differently, just depending on how the media even treats them sometimes. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, the other big news is uh, Bo Horvat broke the trade barrier, and he gets traded for Anthony Beauvillier, a guy I always liked. Addy Attu, guy came up for a cup of coffee. He's okay. And a protected number one pick to the fisherman, 
goes Bo Horvat, who now have five legitimate NHL centers. And uh, Lou's going all in at 80. Although I don't, yeah. I, although Beauvillier has been underachieving and the pick is protected. But, uh, you know, did you think Rutherford got enough for Bo Horvat, Andy? Then we'll pass it to Frage. Um, yeah, I think he got what he was going to get. And I think that it was interesting that it happened. You know, usually, you know, the, the, the big fish waits for a little while and then everything falls afterwards. This happened, what, a good month and a half before the deadline? I mean, this is before the All-Star break that the... the the guy that was supposed to be the big guy at the deadline falls, the big center. So I think that um, I think that when you know you're going to trade somebody, the, the market just falls. So it's like Vancouver wasn't going to get much more than that, I think, from anybody. Uh, so I think that they just decided, that Rutherford decided to pull the trigger fast. This is what I'm getting. Move on to the next plan to rebuild the Canucks. So I, I really I think it was fair. I'm surprised it was so it happened so quick, or he didn't hold for something more. But I think that once you play your card in the NHL, that a guy's got to be moved, that that price just goes so far down. Frage. Well, yeah, um, I, I think Andy's right about that. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Horvat fan, as many people are. I, I think he's you know, a great goal scorer, and that's kind of what the Isles need, right? They need some more goal scoring, and I think he will provide that. Uh, Bolivier, I think, does have a lot of talent. He's a young guy. I think he's only 25, but he has kind of underachieved. I think he had a good first season and then, you know, it's been a little bit under par, but maybe a change of scenery will help him. And uh, don't the Canucks get a first round pick too? Yes, it is protected yeah. though. So it won't be, it won't be, um, you know, uh, like it won't be the number one pick. It won't be if, if, if it's a lot. It won't be it's Jesus too. Ball, yeah, yeah, it's it protected this year, so it, it can't be. You know, it, it can't be uh, Jesus part two. Uh, yeah, I mean, you nailed Tony. You nailed uh, Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, came out of the gate on fire and it's cooled, cooled, cooled. You don't know if some of that is just the Islander system, or some of that is he's you know flaming, or you know you know what it is. But he had did was much better three years ago. And it is exactly what Rutherford said. That they're looking for guys 24, 25, 26 that maybe are underachieving that they can kind of build up and maybe have talk it, coach them up. Um, I, I thought he'd be going more for the pick, for picks than uh, – I, I guess I I, I, I don't know. I, I expected a little more. But I think last year, I think Florida was so bad from what they gave up for Giroux and what they gave up for the defensemen that I just think people are like, we're not doing that again. I think it was such a bad example of overpaying at the deadline. Uh, you know, that teams are not, not going to do that this year. Well, there's an odd amount of teams. Uh, there's a weird amount of teams in the East that probably want to be sellers that can't sell yet because they're so close to making the playoffs still. And, uh, like, the Islanders just, just proved that. The Islanders are... are what five six points you know out from catching the caps and the penguins and they're still buying and the capitals and penguins we kind of thought you know going into the past couple of weeks maybe they'd become sellers but they're still in it there's a lot of buyers and not enough sellers i think it's going to be a weird market i think there is going to be less trades this year at the deadline just because there's just the supply and demand has to fit and the, a lot of teams think they, they can still make it they're not going to trade away assets they think help them down the line 
No, but then you have to give Bo eight times eight, or you gave him away for nothing. Yeah, I mean, well, or, you, or you gave away a pick yeah. and and, and if you're really for nothing, you'd rather have the Bolivier and a pick than give Bo eight times eight. Even though I like Bo in Vancouver, it just wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have happened. Well, I think that, I think Bo's going to end up playing with Barzell, play center for Barzell. And let Barzell play wing, even though the best thing about Barzell is when he picks up speed in, in the neutral zone. But they got to give Barzell more high speed talent. As much as we love Anders Lee, he's pretty much a tree <laughs> moving up and down the ice. He's a good in front of the net, you know. I mean, where you gonna, if you if you move Brock Nelson down, he's gonna be your third line center. I don't know about that, you know, because you already. I mean, unless they move Pajot. But they also said that, you know, they can't win a draw in the power play, and he's going to be winning draws to keep the puck for the power play. They, they, thought that, they thought that was a big move for that. I think adding a centerman that can score, uh, I mean, when you're a borderline team, I, I think now I kind of – I'm not saying I would I would pick him over the Penguins, in, you know, right now to make the playoffs, but I think that they'll have, they'll have, the, they have the better personnel to do it. They're deeper. And, and, and to add, you know, a guy that's going to score 10 to 15 goals down the stretch – it scores big goals in the playoffs if they make it there. I think it was, a, it was a big, bold move for Lou to make sure he got this done before everybody else, whether he underpaid or overpaid. Getting that team a little bit deeper as they chase the Caps and the Pens, who are very beatable and, and go on losing streaks, both those teams do. And the Sabres, who knows about the Sabres? And Florida doesn't look that great either. So if you're the Islanders, you're feeling pretty good. Like, if you had Bo, you're feeling like we can do this. I definitely think they can do it. And after watching that Washington Pittsburgh game. Old men. I don't think either of those teams want to make the playoffs. That looked like a no hitter. That looked like the alumni game they play before the outdoor stadium game. <laughs> it really did. And it was one of the things, oh, a little, little brilliance from OV. Okay. A little let Gino, Gino make some move. Oh, hey, okay. Now let's go get some hot chocolate. I mean, literally, did anybody care to win that game? No, I, I I agree that, <laughs> that they're older and they're just not the class of the... It, it's weird because for 10, 15 years, I mean, really, we could go back to 2008 or 2009 and say that those two teams were kind of the class of the Eastern Conference. In Boston, too. You know, they they were just always up there, always playing well, and then Tampa had their rise. Um, it's just weird to see them not be very good. It's weird to see them be mediocre. It, two teams that are... Just okay. Two was, teams that are going to battle for a playoff spot. When you watch the, the the Capitals and Penguins, that just doesn't jive with with history. Was there ever less fire in a Capitals Penguin? There was more fire, you know. It, I mean, it, definitely the Lemieux era. There was bad blood from all the playoff losses the Capitals had to deal with, and they, all the anger they had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all through up until they finally broke through, I, I thought that was one of the most easygoing free skate. Look like penguins, ducks. I mean, really, there was no physicality. I there was no, old. there was hardly any physicality in that game. And I mean, you, you had Ovi going over and t- wishing Latang well about his dad. I mean, it couldn't have been more of a. It was like soccer friendly out there. I mean, it, I mean, it couldn't have been any more of like, a, hey, isn't this great? We all get to play one more time against each other. It seemed like a family reunion. There was no ju- for two teams that needed that game. There was no juice. There no. was no fire in that game. What's I know, uh, you know. I think there might have been one. Mantha fought somebody. Mantha fought Latang, but it was like I don't know. It just 
There was just nothing. There was nothing that right. There was nothing in that game. Do you feel like a pressure valve was released in, in eighteen when the Caps beat the Penguins in the playoffs for the first time in, geez, a long time? You know, and all of a sudden, I feel like the rivalry hasn't been the same since. I just feel like it hasn't. It reached a peak right there in two thousand eighteen, and once the Caps got their cup. It's sort of like a like a Red Sox uh, Yankees, you know. I'm not saying it's not still a rivalry, but kind of peaked in '04 in our life. Well, I agree you know I mean? with that because it's never been. I agree with that. Uh, the I guess in a, in a way, I just watched the you know watched the Penguins play the Ducks, and the game was just so much faster. It was like it was like the Penguins and Capitals agreed to play at half speed. Well, when you have two, <laughs> when you have two, when you have two teams playing that have players in their mid thirties, a core in their mid thirties. It's going to be a little slower. I'm not saying Sid and Gino are slow, but you know they're not they're not the speedsters that they used to be. No, I do. You think that? Do you think Horvat lifts the Isles past the, the Pens and the Caps? I don't know about the Capitals because they're going to get Tommy back, and I think they're a better team, and they're going to get Carlson back, and I think they're well. Hey, if the Smith is playing. The Penguins may never win another game. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Penguins are easy, easily passable. Uh, Washington, I don't know. They're going to get Carlson back. They're, they're going to get Tommy back. I think they're a much better team than the Penguins. They've had inconsistent goaltending, too. Like, Kemper is like a shutout guy or lets in five. Like, he really has no consistency. I, I think that those two things and the fact that Islanders have Sorokin, who could – be a Vesna candidate at minimum. I'm he made he might be able to pitch, uh, you know, an argument that he should win it. So I think that that caveat right there that they have a goalie that's one of the best in the league and the Capitals and Penguins as of right now can't say they have a goalie in the top fifteen. Uh, I, I lean Penguins don't the have a goalie in the top thirty-five <laughs> if Jari doesn't play. <laughs> Jari, the Smith has lost to two legitimate third. String goaltenders. Yeah, the San Jose game was bad. <laughs> Third string goaltenders. Not backup, not not 1A, 1B, not, hey, he plays a third of the time. Third string goaltenders. They should send the Smith to the All-Star game and see if anyone can hit him. That'd be a real contest. <laughs> yeah, but they did. They, they let up 26 shots in the first the other night. And it's just like one of those wow. things where uh, when your goalie isn't that good, hey, somebody get back. You know, I know yeah, they're trying to score. They're trying to outscore the amount of goals that are going in. But they just let up so many. They're so bad defensively. I, and part of it is, like, having to play so much time without Petrie and Latang. That's literally a combined hour's worth of minutes that were gone on the right side for a lot yeah, of the Yeah, that season. hurt them. Oh, big yeah. time. So it's like I'm, I'm not totally down on them because they're they're still recovering from that. Well, I said this. I said this in the car. And I mean this that the the real the real and then we'll do the we'll do the penguins for a couple of minutes and then we'll get on. The real the real crime of the season is is it's not Sid, it's not Gino that's the problem. It, the bottom six is awful. We knew that going in. Is it is it defense the seventy six uh, Canadians? No. But defense hasn't been that bad. Besides the goaltending, the real crime is that Sid I mean is that Rust and Jake have been terrible. And Rust at least a penalty kill, hustle a little bit. Jake is well, he has like twenty goals. Five of them are empty netters, and he has more penalties than anybody on the team. He has more penalties than, than Gino. He's taking selfish crap penalties. And I said this in the car: I would trade him. His value's never been higher. 
It's only going to go down. And I would, that would be the big shakeup I would make. I don't like his game this year at all. And basically anybody with Sid is going to get a bunch of goals. And maybe someone that can take a hit, not take a cheap penalty back, and maybe last, not be by game three of a playoff series, look like he's a dead man. Anyway, that, that's my, because when people want to complain, oh, they shouldn't have brought the band back together. A, where would they be without Latang? Even bad Latang is a, probably the second best defender we have. Gino has more goals than anybody that was a free agent last summer. So, where'd you, so you're going to get somebody else? You're going to get, uh, you know, Trocheck? He's going to carry the team? He's, he's, he's going to set everybody up? I don't think so. So, anyway, that's my thoughts. Mr. Picaro, you can retort. You can agree. Well, I, I agree with everything you said. I think the big problem is is that the, the plan was to be competitive moving forward, and they especially did that this summer when they signed when they, when they brought back Russ for a pretty fair deal, and they and they brought back two guys who are you know almost thirty eight and Latang and Malkin. Um, and doing that, they decided, hey, we're okay with our core being all over the age of thirty, essentially when you count Rust and. And uh, and Jake and everybody, we're we're going to be an older team. They've gone that course, and now they have to make this group competitive. Uh, I mean, the chance to rebuild was to not bring back those guys. I'm not, I'm not saying that makes them better, but that was the chance. And to be to rebuild means next year we're not going to be as good. And the Penguins decided not to. And I'm not blaming them. They want to get Sid and that core another cup. They think they can maybe get another one with this group. But that's the big problem: is that they're just average. They're not competing for it, and they're not rebuilding, which we know leads to something worse than rebuilding. It leads to being bad for a decade when but, you do that. But all that phrase coming after. But the the thing is, is like Sid and Gino, legitimately still a top five or six best one two combos in hockey, and that's what you want centers down the middle. Our three and four guys are awful. But at one and two, you really can't come. Wait, okay, Tavares and Matthews. There's some other ones, but that's you know, I mean, no one. I mean, very few other teams have that. No, I mean, all, all, <laughs> and, and that's why I think that they were aren't they weren't wrong to say let's not rebuild that if we can bring back Latang and Malkin for six million each. They, they weren't the wrong decisions. It's just that they decided to be competitive with this group, and you can't decide to rebuild now. But when I, you when you don't have any picks, and you don't have any players. Of mentioning under the age of twenty five, I mean, again, the best project is P.O. Joseph, and he's very good. He's not; he can't get you anything great. No, you know what I mean. But he's good. That's why, as much as I'm a rusty guy, that's why I'm not against. The only way to make this team better in the future for the for Sid and Gino's years is to trade Snake, Rust, Raquel. Even though I think Raquel's played very well. I would be hard pressed to get rid of him and then turn it over and get guys younger without a different, just different energy. And then maybe it'd be get a, a uh, bottom six out of, out of that trade. I think Sid and I said, I've said Sid three times by accident. I think Rust and Jake can each bring back two guys that could play NHL minutes and having four guys that can play instead of two guys that are underachieving. I like how much I love Rusty is better for my team. Do you admit, do you agree, Frage? Well, you know, we've been singing uh, Rusty's praises for uh, several years now, and Snake. And what do you think happened there? Why did their productivity drop off? 
I, I, I don't know, but okay, let's just say this phrase. Would you take would you take Snake for Bertuzzi and that big guy Elmer? I think not. <laughs> well, that's how far he's ago, underachieved. Yeah. Look at it. Frazier's yeah, the well, number that's... one fan club of the Snake for years. Yeah, but Bertuzzi and I him have always been We've always liked him. Uh, but, you know, I like Bertuzzi, too. I just think, you know, maybe a change of scenery would help Snake get back to his uh, original self. But, I think Snake with you Larkin know, would be— and Rust have dropped off. I think, I think Snake with Larkin would be a nice pick. Well, there's another question there. I don't think Larkin's going to get the money he wants. Well, we heard this phrase, not to make you fall out of your skybox in Vegas. We heard that Larkin may be not coming back. I saw that. I I read something about that. That is a shocker to me. And, uh, you know, I I love the guy. I, I hope we can hold on to him. I don't know. I don't know what a Stevie Y knows way more about GMing than me. Look at what he's built to, you know, he built Tampa Bay, and I think he's doing a really nice job at Detroit. He's playing hardball, but why? I don't think you can play hardball with in the, in the Tampa. You can play hardball because you still had Kucherov and you still had Point. You play hardball with Larkin, and he leaves. Well, that puts you five years behind. Well, I guess, I think so too. Right? I would I, not want to see that. And you're not, and you're not like, well, okay, we'll go find out what you can make in Canada, but you can't make it because of the taxes. And, you know, it's a communist regime in Canada. In Florida, there's no tax. Detroit has the same taxes as, like, the rest of America, right? You don't get a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Michigan's, like, middle of the ground. It's not like playing in, in, in California or New, or New York where you're really getting hammered. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think it's kind of middle of the ground. I think it's kind of like Ohio and PA where it really comes down to your county and your income. <laughs> and, obviously, these guys play in counties that are populated and their income's very high. So I think it might it might be bad everywhere for these guys taxable tax wise besides Florida and Texas, which is why we see them all <laughs> look at Dallas and Tampa and Florida with, with wide eyes in the off season. But um, it, I, it's so hard to, to judge in general where these guys are going to go or what things are going to happen. But I think if you're Florida, that's why every off season you're kind of thinking maybe we can land the big guy. It doesn't even matter if we're good or not. If somebody wants to save a little bit of their money, but with Larkin and 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 Detroit. It's a million dollar difference right now. I guess that he wants nine million over eight eight years, something like that, and they offered him eight over eight or something in that neighborhood. So, so it's been reported they're about a million off. They're agreeing on term. They're just about a million dollars off, which adds up to be about eight million dollars off, which is a decent amount of money. But it's not that much for the NHL. I think that that he probably will stay in Detroit for you know maybe nine point one over five. They'll meet in the middle or something. I would like. Do you to, think they come up to nine for him? Like Joe said, does he, do they have much of a choice? Are they going to find another guy no. to lead the team that's that kind of skater that can score thirty goals? They're throwing nine million a year for Timo Meyer. If Timo Meyer is worth nine million a year, <laughs> Dylan Larkin's worth nine million a year. Yeah. Now, I don't know. If, I don't know if Timo Meyer is worth nine million a year, but I definitely know that Dylan Larkin's worth more than Timo Meyer. In my opinion. Well, and he is a key piece in Detroit. And oh my God, all we heard about for three three months was all the disrespect of Bo Horvat, captain. Well, Dylan Lark is a captain. He's born in Detroit area. He's yeah. mis- he's Mister Red Wing. I, I you know like I said, I don't. I very rarely. I all we ever do is blow Stevie Y on this show. But I don't know if I'd be playing chicken with Stevie Y. 
Because I think a lot of I think a lot I think a lot of people would take Larkin and give him that money. They need something. Yes, they would. You don't think Columbus yeah. would give him ten million to show up? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think <laughs> you know, that's why. Sure. We and again, they're they're not like worlds apart. It's not like Detroit's like well, we only want him for another three years, and he wants seven. Or, they they're 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 close. So it's like I, I think it does get worked out. If it doesn't, um, it would have to be more of a personal thing. Like he wants to leave, or they don't want him. Because it, when it's that close, and you're the captain, and you've been there your whole career, uh, I, I don't see how it doesn't get done. I like to think that. And I, because I love the Red Wings and I love Dylan Larkin, but you know when those agents get in there and they're all weasels and look what they look what they've done. I mean, look what they did. Yeah. They they got the kid to you know look what they've done in Calgary. You know they got two guys who kind of loved it up there to leave. They got two guys who don't really like it up there to sign long term contracts. Yeah, I don't think it's anybody's best think, interest. Uh, <laughs> do you think Larkin's disenchanted there at all? He doesn't play like he is. No one hustles. He hustles. You know, I, I don't think so. I think it's a money thing. I think I think that some of these veteran guys who have been breaking their balls for so long saw what Rob Thomas, and I know he's turned out to be great, but what Tage Thompson made last summer, and they're like, wait a second. These guys that have 45 career goals are getting these decade-long contracts worth $8.5, $9 million, while I've been putting up similar numbers for the past decade. And I'm still waiting on my big payday. So I think that there is a point to be made. If you're a center in this league and you just see these young guys making eight, nine million dollars after barely proving themselves, zero All Star games, zero letters on their sweater, and they're and they're making that kind of money. I think that that it does give you it, it emboldens their argument. I, why not give them nine million? I think it emboldens anyone's argument because I think he's a definitely a top t- ten to fifteen center captain material. Still relatively young. And the team that wants a bona fide winner, elite, not a winner, winner, but, you know, leader and a good guy. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, you don't think Ronnie Francis would? I mean, there's a lot of guys that can throw $10 million at him and be, yeah, very, a lot and of be very happy about it. Yep. That all it takes is one misinterpreted phone call. And, no, yeah. and, and all of a sudden you're somewhere else. You, you don't and, all of a sudden you're not, and all of a sudden you don't have a captain. No, you don't want it. At the <laughs> yeah, market. I wouldn't play chicken with him, like you said. You know, he's too good of a player, in my, and he's too good of a, yeah. of a leader and a person. Yeah, he is a good guy. You know what I mean? I mean, he's the face of your franchise. He's literally. I yep. mean, he's literally the. I mean, I mean, did anyone really think Bo Horvat was the face of? The, I mean, I always thought of Pedersen or you know, I, I don't know. Like, the one guy they really, haven't had an identity since the Sedin's left. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they really haven't. No, that's that what I'm saying. It. You yeah. know, it's like you know, he is Mr. Red Wing. Yes, and, he is. You know, it's just a, it's a, but uh, getting back to uh, Tate Thompson, I think Buffalo should be a player. This, at, oh, they're going to be buying for at, sure at this draft, at, at this draft, at this tra- at trade deadline. And uh, if Comrie can actually stop the puck, I just think they're like an old defenseman away, and maybe get maybe get a bottom six guy. I think they're really close to to making the playoffs. And I, I think too. And I think they give uh, Boston a much bigger fight than the Penguins or the Capitals would. I think they they're able to give Boston and Carolina a better fight than the Penguins or the Capitals would, just because they're they're young and they just go go go. I mean, the offense never stops from them. <laughs> I mean, they are a really fun team to watch, and I think yeah. that, that could be a, a bit of the problem is that Darlene is sometimes top of the circles and he's the guy furthest back. Like they are really, <laughs> you know, trying to score goals and they're they're. They're pretty good. I, I think that they, that, you know, I would, I, I wouldn't, I would pick them and the Islanders 
to, I, I, I do believe they'll slide in and probably take over the Capitals and Penguins just because, you know, again, again it just go, goes to youth and having legs and being hungry down the stretch. I think those two teams, not that the Islanders have youth, but they've got more scoring now. And I'll tell you one, and it be as the funniest thing ever is they don't want to see them. Uh, no one wants to see the Islanders in the playoffs. You want to take that fourth line every four shifts? You think Charlie Mack wants to see those guys if he intends to play seven, four rounds of seven? Yeah. And then you got to beat Sorokin? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and if, you're the, if you're the Rangers, how that evens out to playing your rivals. and the, Yeah, I, I think a lot of – it's for the interest of the East for them not to get in. Their only <laughs> partners are going to be in the West. And that's what's going to be interesting about – we were talking about the trade down. There's going to be so many teams that believe they can still win a cup or get into the playoffs when the deadline comes here in about a month that there's, there's going to just be too many buyers. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have won 12 in a row at home. They're getting home ice back down. Wow. Here's Boston, coming on. Boston now has lost three in a row. They did the old uh, Florida, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, which you know, maybe they got really comfortable when they got on the beach too much. But uh, you think they peaked too soon, Frage? Possibly they peaked too soon. You know, uh, maybe. You know, you do think, you wonder about that. They've had such an amazing season and uh, piled up all those points. Uh, you know, we've seen it before where a team wins the President's Cup and doesn't do well in the postseason or doesn't whatever, you know, but but uh, that may be the case here with Boston. It, they could historically go 6-30 and 30 and still have enough points to historically make the playoffs. <laughs> That's what kind of a cushion they have put themselves at. They're at 80 points, I believe, right now. Which is just you know ridiculous. Yeah. We're at the All Star break. They're at eighty points. Eighty one. Yeah, they're 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 only a few wins away from being the baseline, the ninety point range of making the playoffs that you need to be in in every year. So I mean, they played so well up front that they can afford to have a bad twenty games and then find themselves again. So maybe they did peak too soon, but they peaked so early that they can dip and find their their game again. But that, there's you know nothing worse though. There's one thing to win the President's Trophy. Um, because, oh, you just happen to, you know, whatever, you have 121 and then you won the last weekend and the other team, you know, sat their number one center. But to be that far ahead, it's not good to not have to play a game that matters since New Year, since Thanksgiving against a Buffalo team that's been playing hard every game. Those are the series yeah. that tilt. It's a good point. <laughs> you know, a young up up and coming team that's just happy to be there. It doesn't give a damn. Yeah, against, against someone's everyone's squeezing. They steal game one. You don't think the sticks will be squeezed in TD Garden? Oh my God! This could be you know uh, the last home game for Bergeron. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's you know, I hey, it could happen. Yes, I mean, so is that yeah. maybe the losing streak's good then. I, I, I mean, and I also think, though, a lot goes in. These are the last three games before the break. Yeah. You know, these guys, a lot of them are going overseas for the first time in like two years for this break, because that's usually what they do. Mm -hmm. they, they go wherever their family's from. And because of COVID, they really couldn't travel the past few years over the All-Star break. The All-Star break was shortened and amended, and, you know, all these things have happened. This is the first, you know, eight days they've had off in the middle of the season in a few years where they can really enjoy themselves, and I think a few teams left early. And I think that's Boston. You're in the southeast. You're in Florida. You're in Carolina. You kind of feel like you're already at the beach. I said maybe they did that. I mean, I know Gino went skiing, which uh, I hope he's 
Doesn't yeah, get you hurt. never want to hear that. <laughs> Wait, why would you? Yeah. Why would you post that <laughs> you picture don't. anyway? You, you want to say, "Oh, I must have tripped, get out of bed." You don't want to have a picture. Here's you on this. Here's me in a double black <laughs> diamond. But okay, I'll give you Florida because Florida's a mess, and I'll give you Carolina. You would think they'd want to put put it. They want to stick it to Cooper and the boys in Tampa. That was the one when I thought, well, they lost one. Okay, you don't want to lose back to backs. You know, I don't know. I it's a little something to think about. The other thing to think about with the the Carolina Hurricanes is we've every, a lot of people have said oh, they need superstars to win. You don't win without superstars. I think that Aho kid's a superstar right now. He is yeah, playing. He is. he is playing phenomenal hockey. Yeah, and Neck has been good. Really He's a good star. year after he had a step back year last year. Right, and just overall how frustrating they are to play. You can't break into their zone very easily. Um, they really, they, their forecheck is, is, is very layered. Like Brendan Moore just has them all bought in. And I think that they're just, they're going to be a nightmare. I don't care who you are. They're going to be a nightmare out in the playoffs. Burns playing big body hockey and slaving together. That's crazy. I mean, that's literally, they could be on the ice for 50 minutes, but I just always thought that Ajo was, you know, maybe as maybe a, a notch below a real superstar, but now he's getting those breakaways bearing big, Big game, yeah. Game, he's the real deal. Game winning goals, like that's he's turned into a real winner. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Brent Burns, hey guys, is there any way you could see the Avs winding up in the finals again? Oh, hundred percent. Who, who? I mean, I, I don't think anyone is better than them. I wouldn't count them out, but I also think that you know, you do have to be kind of healthy and win the games down the stretch to be considered one of the teams that are really dangerous. I, I would still pick, you know. A Boston Cup or a or a um, a Tampa Cup over over uh, Colorado, but yeah, I mean, who in the who in the West do you think will really just run through it? There's there's no real complete teams out it, there unless unless Copley if Copley can keep it up, I put them as the third best choice in the West. I still think Avalanche are the number one, my number one pick. My number two pick is the Dallas Stars. Winnipeg's up there too. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Winnipeg's looking pretty good. Winnipeg's looking good, and Hollaback right now. I was going to say if we didn't, if we maybe we'll do it next week. I think midseason. I think Hollaback is my uh, Vesna winner. See, it's, it's I think it him or Sorokin. Be. Yeah, uh, would be would be mine. I'd have to give it to the guy because I mean, or Allmark, but it, it, it but Allmark I think is I don't think he's saved them as much. He's played great. I'm not. This is not a knock on Allmark, but I think Boston's a really good team. I I I think Hollenbeck is really made, is really kind of carried yeah. Winnipeg a lot more. Well, the same. Look at the the Islanders are still in it at all because of Sorokin. He's been one of the best goalies in the league, and they're still not in the playoffs. Yes, but call me old fashioned. I think you have to be a playoff team to win the Vesna. Well, this is I don't know if you have to back. be. I don't know if you have to be a playoff team to win the MVP, like Jesus, you know, or when. Someone gets 180 points, and you know I don't know, but I think be a goaltender. I think you should, or the or Norris yeah, Trophy. I, I think it's true. Be in, I think it'd be a playoff team. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think with MVP, I, I think I, for the M, MVP, I think for sure. With the other ones, I don't know. I think you can be, uh, you know, the best uh, defenseman, or um, you know, the the best defensive <laughs> the the best defensive forward would be tough on a bad team. That'd be tough to stand out. I think you have to be a good team to win the Selkie. We'd be hard pressed to find a guy on a bad team that won a Selkie. Yeah, well, did Bergevin ever win a Selkie? One of the Bruins teams that didn't make they didn't they didn't make it a couple years there, right? They didn't. Did, did he still win the Selkie? 
I don't, I don't know. I have to look that up. I mean, yeah, we would have to. I, I, I would guess those were Kopitar years. <laughs> Matthews is out three to four weeks. You think he's just resting, or is he legitimately hurt? It's been a rough year. He hasn't been great this year, and and that they've he's still been on pace for maybe fifty goals, though. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> he he everyone kind of he was like the odds on favorite for the Rocket Richard this year. He's not going to be close. Parts of he came in injured. He's injured now. I think for them the biggest worry is Matt Murray. There is no worry. Uh, uh, Samsonov's playing fantastic. Yeah, but then if, what if <laughs> so he's your guy. And, but now you're but again. Now your third is on the bench, so they got to do something. I mean, Matt Murray's. I think. I think I read it. it's going to be a few. Weeks well, their at least. third goaltenders won a couple games. They actually have four legitimate. They have their three and four are not. You know, Domingue and Casey DeSmith. They're actually not horrible. Yeah, but not when you have this core and you have this window to win, like not horrible is not going to work out. Well, hey, look who you're talking to. A bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I've said it for four years. I think you got to do. I think you got to do something. I think when one, if one of those, two, if if even if it was Samsonov that was hurt, I would say they've got to do something because they had the plan. Well, if it was Samsonov, both, the plan is was, both of them. If it was Samsonov that was hurt, I would be more worried because you know you know Murray is going to get hurt. He what do you think the Leafs it. do at a uh, trade deadline? They're gonna, they're gonna do something stupid. Is what they're gonna do because I, I don't think they should really do anything. And I think they should keep that Nice guy, their number one pick, and see if he can come up and play. Because I, 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 I don't know. I mean, they're just kicking the can down the road. Who are they gonna get that's really gonna make a difference? On that team that they're going to give away, I mean, they're going to trade Kerfoot for something. They have they have good LTIR money, so they could, uh, you know, take on somebody uh, that that has that's in the last year or whatever. I I, I don't know. I, I think that they will do something knee jerky. I think they'll probably bring in the best defenseman that they can. I don't know if that gets if that makes them better than Boston is, or Tampa though. I, ja- I don't think it makes a difference. Yeah, is Jacob Chicken um, Bobby Orr? I mean, I. They, everyone makes a chicken was okay like three years ago. He let change in the course of history. I mean, it, now if they could get Mikola from St. Louis or maybe Krug, I mean, Krug's is another kind of, but at least he plays tough. I mean, I can see them, I can see them getting a defenseman, but I don't see them no matter. I mean, Tavares has played phenomenal this year. William Nylander has played phenomenal this year. He's played great. Marner yeah. shut me up. I just don't think they're better than Boston or uh, Tampa Bay. No, yeah, and, and that's their biggest, <laughs> that's their biggest problem. And they, I mean, but it's tough to be better than those two teams. I mean, Boston, uh, you know, I'll admit I didn't think they were going to be good this year, and they kind of came out of. But uh, Toronto just hasn't ever had a complete team around this core, and part of that's just because they all make so much money. I think I mean, it's just too much money around four guys. But a hundred percent. But I think they should kick this. I think they should wait a year, and I think they should see what they have next year. If I if, if I was them, I would make next. But Dubas and Keith don't have that kind of time. But I think next year would might be their year. Some of the, if the cap goes up, if some of these uh, people, if Boston kind of goes away a little bit, um, I think make a couple trades in the summer. You know, I don't know. I don't think I don't think this is going to be their year. So I think if they give away a couple first round draft picks, who are they going to get that's going to change the course of history? On that team, I don't. I think they're a couple players away. Yeah, I mean, I mean to win. I would agree to win four rounds. They're not going to win four rounds with this team. No, I, I would pick the Rangers over them in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of teams in seven I don't like them against, and 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 it's. 
But again, it comes down to if you're going to spend forty million dollars on four guys, I don't think you're going to win. They, they, their, their, their bottom six is not is not has talent. It's just soft. And soft doesn't win you, win your playoff games. How about Vladar has taken away Markstrom's job in Calgary? Wow. It's just a mess up there. It's a house fire in Calgary. I, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing that the kid's coming up and playing well. It's a terrible thing that the goalie you signed long-term to come in is in year two, right? And he's just completely lost it. He's done. And you got Sutter freaking out. You see him like he was uncool with that rookie. That was terrible. Was he joking, though? Because it's hard to tell with him. He's so dry and it Canadian is hard to tell and with odd. Him. Yeah. But it seemed like he was the... The the what number was he? He he. The, that's not a serious comment. You're not you're not an NHL bench coach, and you don't know the numbers of one. But playing. I think he would do that to James Neal and mean everything. I mean, he would do if he, if it was a veteran. You know, it was a you know he was picked. If you if you knew if if he said that about um you know Johnny Hockey, you knew he was ripping him. So it'd be the same thing, right? That's how he plays those games. A little bit. I I again I interpreted as he was. He, it's a tough stretch up there. He's sick of sitting up there, and he's just kind of having his own like little fun answers, like he always does. I didn't. I thought he couldn't have been serious. I thought there's no way an NHL bench coach doesn't know what number a player was on that night. Now, maybe if a player is going up and down, and you ask him three weeks later how was so and so, and he had to scratch his head and think. But that night, you were just standing behind him for sixty minutes. I, yeah, don't, I, I don't mean, buy it. I, I, I don't think, buy it. Well, that's why I think, you know, when Sullivan's about to turn purple <laughs> and they say, um, hey, what did you think of this kid who came up from Wilkes-Barre? I thought he was all right. That's all I had to say. Yeah. You know, it's a kid. It's a rookie. Yeah, but we know, <laughs> but we know, <laughs> you know the way he is. You know, that, like the whole thing of like, yeah, you, can tell, Sutter, you can tell but... how mad he is by how much, how much stuff he breaks in between the periods. Like he's, a, he's one of those old school guys. <laughs> yeah. And things aren't going He's well. He's frustrated this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. And I'm. I, look at me now being a softy when it comes to. But I just thought it was, you know, a little, you know, little, little, little uncalled, little uncalled. Just me. odd. It was odd. Yeah, it, 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 it was off. Yeah. Even for him, he's a little better than. You know, he didn't have to. He didn't just have to do that. The other real, real quick big news thing is uh, Bally's Sports. You knew they were going to go under because their gyms went under. Well, so is the casino. They're rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> They're rebranding. It's going to be called like the Horseshoe now or something like that. But the big news is Bally's Entertain, what Bally's TV, whatever you want to call it, Bally's uh, Network, Sports Network is filed for bankruptcy. So 12 NHL teams, including the Ducks and the, and the uh, Kings and everybody, a lot of, a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, or on Bally's TV, and now they're wondering if they're going to get their money, so that'll affect the cap. Uh-oh. Man, this, uh. this sounds like a 1997 NHL problem, not a modern-day one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – I, I don't know. I did see that. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know how that could possibly even happen, how that money couldn't be secured. I mean, you'd have to think that they're one of their biggest creditors. And, again, Bally's – Seems like a big enough organization that if they do go down, there's enough to pick apart to get the NHL money out of it. I mean, it what, what, crazy. What, 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 they, they bring they bring their cameras to the uh, you know to the pawn shop. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know either. But I, I do know that like yeah, like Bally's as far as Bally's Entertainment that we know of is is going to cease to exist soon. It seems like they have enough assets to pay off. They owe the Angels a hundred and twenty million dollars. 
Ooh. Oh my gosh! Wow. So who who comes first? The, the I mean, there's the NBA. The the NBA has teams. The NHL has teams, and the uh, baseball has teams. So a lot of I'm sure there's college conferences looking for their money. I mean, everyone, everyone's gonna be looking for their money. Yeah. I don't know. It's just hard to imagine. Didn't they just? Didn't they just form like two years ago? Too. It came out of nowhere. The yeah, Valley they Sports bought Network. like they bought some of Root Sports or some of this. The other thing. Oh yeah, the Root Sports networks became, and some of them became AT and T, and some of them went Bally's. Yeah. But it's a big thing if the cap does not go up again because Gary was saying it's going to go up five million next year, right? Yeah, but the, yeah. the potential to be before twenty four, twenty five for five million. So now, if they lose this contract or there's no money. Because, I mean, the only reason why they have money then is because they're going to be showing games and sell advertising. So if there's no games, as I said, are they going to break down this, you know, the cameras? I mean, I don't know. They have no, right? No. They have no. I, I really, I mean, that's where it's above. I think and I think that there's NHL executives that won't, don't know the answer to that. I mean, what happens when, you don't, when, when the paycheck just doesn't come and the company falls apart? And then who is going to show the games? I think that yeah, I think, the I think that they'll figure out because they have the ad time sold. Or they'll try and figure out a way to, to to air the games, and they already have everything set up. They just need to you know bring in a, people, and I think they would figure. I think it might be a nightmare, but they'll figure that out. I don't think the games will just not be on TV. That would be a disaster. Yeah, that would set the sport back in those markets. Five. I mean, there yeah, goes there, there goes games. the package. You know they're good. I mean, and it's every. I mean, literally, it's every sport though. It's not I mean, other than football. It affects every team. Yeah, it affects yeah. every sport. Yeah, but but like you said, the other sports have the money to instantly figure these things out. I don't know. Does the NBA really? Mm, I mean, I, I mean, don't does, know. I mean, can, can the Angels lose one hundred and twenty million dollars next year? I mean, I mean, they're paying two guys. We can ask our our producer who knows everything about baseball. Can the <laughs> Angels lose one hundred and twenty million dollars next year, Aaron? And still pay Trout? All right. No. Oh, like the kid who can pitch and hit, the the Japanese kid. He's like Babe Ruth of today. Yeah. They're going to have to give him a good – I mean, baseball players make so much money. Well, there's our great producer who knows everything about baseball. See? Yeah. That's what I mean. It's affecting everybody. Yeah. I mean – Except the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, well, (laughs) the the Yankees own their Yeah, so that's what I mean. Yeah. All right. Any any other thoughts, Frage? Any other big news when we get to? Uh, I guess not. What about the awards? Yeah, we'll do some awards right now. Uh, the Linda Cohn Award goes to Freddie Anderson on Jason Robertson. What do you? It was from behind the net. I didn't even uh, even Jason, the great Jason Robertson. I couldn't believe. And then our buddy Phil on Halak was great stuff. Just Phil. Phil's had a bad year. Phil's had a bad. We know I, he signed for fun this year. Who who, who saw that signing and went? Yeah, well, he's going to be great there. You knew he's going to he's he's going to round out his career and have I fun. Guess bad's a bad's a you know, and s- s- down, a downer year. Not a down, I don't know. He came out on fire, but he's just slowing down. Oh, Vegas is just a train. They're a weird right team. Now. Yeah, that's what happens when you you know. Well, they still have the, they still have the original three though. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. They do, and they play well together, but not with other players. It's like they got to leave them together for that line to be productive. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a Shani, uh, uh, Howie, Dirtbag. The Korea goes, Keandre crushed Lilligren, and then Lilligren scored a goal. I, you know, the, def- the defense on Toronto now is not, the, not that big of a problem because uh, the guys are Sandine and Lind- Lilligren are playing pretty good. Yeah, man, if Muzzin wouldn't have gotten hurt, they'd be okay back there. 
They they should have gave Muzzin like a football helmet to play. <laughs> I don't know. Or or they should have just known in the offseason it was too big of a risk to go in with him. I think that, you know, they knew there was a chance of this happening. Uh the Mario we give to Cheadle or Heedle. Philip Heedle of the Rangers scores off the faceoff a la Mario Lemieux style. And then also a tip of the cap to Johnny T, who got two assists on his 1,000th game. Uh, the Dio, Frankie Vetrano, the hat trick for the Desert Dogs. I, I, I'm sorry, the hat trick for the Duckies versus Colorado. And then Nick Schmoltz with the Natty Hattie against the Bluesers. Uh, some big saves. I uh, got Corpusalo, the glove on Leon. Halak, the arm on Kolasar. Vanacek on Joe Pawlowski going for the Claude. Gibby on Chikrin with the glove and the arm. And then my, I thought the best one was Varlamov with the paddle on Riley Smith. Goonies. We got, this could have been a dirtbag easily. Tyler Myers just cheap shot and, uh, uh, Maddie Berniers, Berniers. Yeah, he's out of the All Star. Yeah, that was a that was a dirt bag move. That was a real dirt bag it's move. Bad for the league too. The rookie yeah. of the year is not the All Star game. The runaway rookie of the year. And Tyler Myers, he he'll be on the move. He, he's definitely gonna get traded. <laughs> I don't know who wants him? We'll, yeah, pro- we'll, we'll probably get him. He probably went to. He, his, if he's your six, his kid probably went to camp with Hextall. If he's your number six, you don't mind that reach on the penalty kill. I don't mind him at number six. I don't mind him at number six. Maybe he'll probably go to Toronto then. Uh, Shen versus the Big O in a big fight. That was a fun one. Uh, Taylor Hall just ran over Vasilevsky. Um, then Colton ran over Olmark. Uh, Perry fought Clifton. Four fights in the Philly Minnesota game. I'm glad to see. Uh, I'm glad to see. Uh, you know Reeves uh, getting, getting his money's worth. Um, Doc fought Cop. Your boy, Mr. Cup. Lafferty fought Kulak. I like how we couldn't. I like how Lafferty couldn't play on the Penguins. He looks pretty good as a Blackhawk, third line center, fighting penalty killing. He just wasn't a silly guy. And then Bennington went after O'Connor from Colorado. So sick of Bennington. Yep. Your thoughts, Fraser Smith? Well, uh, you know, Bennington's a feisty guy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, uh, Shen, always a tough customer. Um, yeah, there was some interesting uh, goon action there last week. I love the Doc versus Cop fight because they were so they're they, they, they're big tough guys, but they don't fight, and they were legit mad at each other. And that fight was like two guys at a bar; like it didn't even look like a hockey fight. Like they were mad; like they really wanted to take each other's head off. It was a fun fight to watch. I I like Doc more and more every year. I, I'm a huge Curry Doc fan. I am too. I I like. I like Montreal. I, I I think they're a team that's I think they're a team that's coming. I think they got some good glue. Who's guys. the new goalie there at Montreal? Montembeau. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, try that to guy say looks. Montembeau. He looks good, doesn't he? He does. He does. They're they got they got they just got pieces and pieces. You know they they're doing it right. And if they keep losing, you know who knows? Everyone's saying that they're the team going for the ultimate piece. They're one of the teams that's that's in for the Bedard. Yeah, there's like. Now, five. Andy, you said Vidard was uh, a rare talent. I- is he going to make that big of an impact immediately? Well, I think yeah, I think we keep we keep talking. I really do think that yeah, I think he'll change an organization immediately. Uh, he has something like I think thirty points in his his last like eight games. Like he's so over being um, in the in the in the WHL. It's he's so much better than everyone else that. Um, 
It's ridiculous. Like, if there was no rule against 17-year-olds playing, he would be on the first line of an NHL team this year as a 17-year-old. I would love to see somebody get him that doesn't, you know, like if Detroit, obviously if Detroit would be awesome, but just someone who isn't horrible that gets him where he's not going to just be the whole franchise where he can just kind of come in, play behind Larkin. How <laughs> He would just absolutely oh, light somebody up. You know, or or just yeah. say Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs and then they get him. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be really sweet if someone actually wins the lottery other than the Flyers, knock on wood. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that gets him, You know, I think then just to go, you know, if he just goes to, uh, you know, whatever, Arizona, I don't know. Yeah, because it's like du- Arizona, Montreal, or... San Jose, uh, Chicago. Those are like the odds-on favorites. That he, he, most likely he'll be on one of those teams next year. In Chicago would be fun. You never know with those lottery balls. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Sharks would be, would be fun. Detroit's Sharks would be one, fun. Detroit's the team that got screwed the worst, right? Like they, they had the worst record yeah, a few did. years back, right? And they, and they ended up. Picking seventh, they had like the worst record. Yeah, yeah I remember that one so year wrong. you got screwed. Yeah, you get screwed. Yeah, yeah. one so year like you never big... know. That could happen again. Where you know the team that you know thinks that you know percentage wise, what is it like a forty percent chance of getting the ball if you're the worst team or something like that? It's high. But yeah, it doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't always happen. Well, Carmel alone should alone should bring him to Detroit. <laughs> it would be it would be nice. I will be. I'm up in. Uh, Oh, what's the name of the town? I'm I'm somewhere in San I'm somewhere north of San Francisco Saturday, and then Sunday I'm at Santa I'm in Santa Cruz at the Crow's Nest, one of the longest running gigs on earth. I'll just be at Third Wheel in Hollywood. Fraser Smith is in Vegas, and uh, I'm here all week at the Tropicana, the Laugh Factory uh, at Tropicana here in uh, Las Vegas. Come on out! Right on. Uh, would you like some music, Frage? Yeah, let's see. What should we play? Um, Leon Russell? <laughs> um, how about some Ozzy? We got, uh, oh, you can't hear it. We're playing some stones. There you go. Oh, great. All right. Well, listen, guys, great show. Uh, we want to thank our great producer, Aaron. I want to thank all the Puck Off fans uh, for Andy Picaro and Joe Bartnick. This is Fraser Smith. The hockey's starting to really get exciting. Keep watching we'll be back next week on puck off we are out we just played rip this joint for you fresh all right (laughs) a favorite